Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Gina Ryan, and I am so happy to be with you again today as together we can consider the many ways to bring your mind and body back to its natural peace and calm. In today's episode, I am talking about part two of the importance of recognizing thinking traps for managing your anxiety. Now, in the previous episode, part one, episode 949, I talked about when we might fall into thinking traps or into this kind of cognitive distortion, if you will. I'd rather call them thinking traps and how knowing about them can be helpful to you. Why and how the knowledge of thinking traps can be useful to you if you are struggling with anxiety. But today I want to talk about the thinking traps themselves. Because I think the more aware you are of a pattern of thinking or a trap that you might fall into, the more you will be able to recognize it when it's happening and not stay trapped. You will be able to understand what's happening and take that step back take that breath and maybe get yourself out of it much sooner than you might have if you didn't know that this kind of thinking was in stinking thinking, so to speak, right? It's just not healthy and it's not helping. So these thinking traps, which are known as cognitive distortions or biased thinking or irrational thinking patterns, these can really lead us to more negative emotions, to more stress, and to unproductive behaviors. Now, we don't need any more stress in our lives. Anyone listening to this show either has had a past of panic or anxiety or high stress living, and you know that you don't want to go back there, or you may be stuck in it right now and working your way out of it, finding the places where you can interrupt the anxiety cycle, but we don't need to add any more junk to it. We don't want to stay in a thinking trap because that can keep us stuck more negative emotions, more stress, and more unproductive behaviors. And so these thinking traps are often a distortion in our perception of reality. Now, everybody does this. This doesn't mean you have a mental illness or your brain is broken or there's anything wrong with you. We all do this. 
The point is that we want to be aware of it. Because being aware, we can get ourselves out of it. Being aware, we can loosen the grip it has on us. And what happens when we have distortions in our perception of reality? This can lead us to misinterpret situations. We can have faulty judgments. And that alone is enough to make someone feel uncomfortable, stressed, or anxious. By recognizing and addressing these thinking traps, we can help to improve our decision-making, our emotional well-being, and keeping ourselves more centered and grounded, staying on keel. So I wanted to talk about some of the thinking traps that I know about and that I have worked with people with and that I have maybe even discussed in the ACP group coaching membership. I know I did a series of skill sheets that I discussed different thinking traps. And so I want to talk about them here with all of you. Again, awareness of these can be helpful. So if you want to take notes or maybe just notice your favorite thinking trap. We all have our own little recipe probably of thinking traps. I'll take a little overgeneralization and a little mental filtering, a little black and white thinking, and maybe you don't bother with the other ones. We all have our own place that we land. And again, the big caveat here is there's nothing wrong with you if you do these. I want you to just be aware of them so that you don't spend a lot of time there and give yourself a ticket down the wormhole. So the first one that I want to talk about is, I call it black and white thinking. It's also known as all or nothing thinking. This is a way of seeing things in the extreme, absolute terms, without considering any middle ground. It's either perfect or it's a complete failure with no room for nuances or complexities. And this is where a lot of perfectionists think. They do this black and white, all or nothing thinking. And I want to tell you, most of life is not lived in the black or the white. It is lived in that big spectrum of the gray area. Things are not perfect and they are not complete failures. They are falling in between there. So just take note if black and white thinking might be somewhere that you spend a lot of time. Have you tried one skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 Face Moisturizer and OS1 Eye Cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. 
OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The next one is overgeneralization. This is where we take broad conclusions based on a single event or limited evidence. This really happens a lot to anxious people. When you're in a panic you are overgeneralizing and making conclusions based on limited evidence. You're not looking at the whole picture. For an example, you could be assuming that because you failed at one task, that you will fail at everything. It's where it's a big blanket that goes over your whole life. The next one is mental filtering. This is focusing exclusively on the negative aspects of a situation or an event while ignoring the positive or the good things that have come up. You might overlook positive achievements and only dwell on your mistakes or your setbacks. Now, because we are talking here about anxiety and most of you listening are have experienced or are experiencing anxiety or panic, a lot of these are going to be very familiar. I'm sure that this mental filtering is familiar to you. This is where you are looking only at the negative, totally letting go of any of the positive parts of a situation, event, or person. The next one is discounting the positive. This is minimizing I'm kind of familiar with this one. (laughs) Minimizing or dismissing positive experiences or accomplishments, attributing them to luck or external factors rather than acknowledging your efforts. I want to tell you right now, it is okay for you to give yourself a pat on the back and say, well done. Yes, I did that. Don't minimize your accomplishments. Because when we minimize and dismiss all these beautiful, positive experiences in our life, we are not acknowledging our efforts in life, and we are not feeling the juice, the accomplishment. And of course, that will lead us to having a darker mood, less exuberance in life, less wanting to go forward. It will keep us stuck in our anxiety, in our stress and panic. The next one is jumping to conclusions. This is where we make assumptions or we interpret a situation without sufficient evidence. And I'm telling you, one of the things with anxiety is that we have to look at the evidence because the amygdala won't have us look at the evidence. It's only looking for danger and negative. So we do jump to conclusions. And what do we do then? We do things like mind reading fortune telling. These are two other mind traps that people easily fall into. And mind reading is believing that you know what other people are thinking. Or fortune telling is predicting 
the negative outcome without evidence. And we don't know the future. So fortune telling is not a good thing to be doing. And if you are anxious or in a stressful place in your life, I know that that fortune telling is negative and that is not working for you. So let's see if we can notice when we are jumping to conclusions. The next one is emotional reasoning. This is believing that our feelings reflect objective reality. So this could be something like you're assuming that if you feel like you are worthless, you must be worthless. Now we all have times in our life where we feel worthless or some other negative feeling. That doesn't mean that that's who we are or where our life is going. So that's the emotional reasoning. We're using our emotions to reflect reality. The next one I have is should statements. We want to watch and kind of curb ourselves from a lot of shoulding. What we do when we have a lot of shoulding is that we impose rigid expectations on ourselves or on others. We could be shoulding on other people. And that leads us to feeling guilty. We can feel frustrated, disappointed. And when those expectations are not met and we have to become more clear and look at reality versus what, quote, we should be doing. Sometimes we don't have the capacity to do something we think we should be doing. So this is where we need to bring reality in. So see if you fall into that one. The next one is labeling, applying negative labels to ourselves or to others based on past behavior. And this leads us to being kind of unmovable or fixed in a negative self-image about ourselves or about others. We could be pulling up a lot of judgments here. And this is not the kind of labeling I'm talking about when we are doing our meditation and we are noting what's happening and we put a label on it, such as thinking, but this is when we're judging either ourselves or others. The next one I have is personalization. This is taking responsibility for events outside of our control or attributing events to ourselves when there's no evidence to support the connection. This happens a lot. This is one I'm also familiar with because I wanted to take on the responsibility of things that were happening that were totally out of my control. And this is where we want to remember that serenity prayer, where we want to say, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, because we cannot take responsibility for events that are outside of our control. And the more that we can say that prayer and make that distinction between what is ours to be responsible for and what is not ours, we'll be able to start seeing this personalization thinking trap. The next one is catastrophizing. And I know that most of you listening are familiar with this one. This is exaggerating the potential negative consequences of a situation, making it seem much worse than it is. Again, one I'm very familiar with from my past 
And, you know, on a bad day, I could probably do it today. So I want you to know that having a low day, having a tired day, a stressful family situation or life situation, you might find yourself catastrophizing. But what I want you to do is recognize it. That's where the power is. You can see what you're doing and see this isn't how I always have to think. I can make changes here. The next one is blaming. And that's holding other people solely responsible for negative events without considering our own role or the broader context of the whole situation. Now, this can be a habit. Blaming can be a habit from childhood. It can be a habit that you don't even know where you picked it up, but it is a thought trap. And so we want to notice when we are doing this and see if we can consider the broader context of the situation and our own role in that situation. That can be very helpful. The next one is control fallacies. This is feeling helpless and victimized or believing that you have no control over everything, ignoring the aspects that you can influence. So this is putting yourself in the victim role You have no ability to change anything. All of life is happening to you. And again, that is a trap that we fall into. This thinking can be changed. It can be examined. So see if that one is something that comes up for you. The next one is the fallacy of change. And this is believing that others Other people around you will change to meet your expectations if you pressure or persuade them enough. This is a tough headspace to be in because people are going to be who they are. And sometimes when we are anxious, we want control. So we have this idea of either, like I said earlier, you have no control or the fallacy of change that you have enough control to be able to change other people, and that they can be doing what you want them to do, that you have that kind of control over them. And that's ignoring the fact that none of us have that much influence over another adult. And the final one is the fallacy of fairness. And this is expecting life to be fair and feeling resentful when it isn't without considering that fairness in life is not guaranteed. And that is just a fact that we come to as adults. We come to recognize that life has ups and downs. There's one coach that I used to listen to. Her name's not coming to me at the moment. She used to say life was 50-50. It's 50 up and 50 down, or 50 fair and 50 not fair, however you want to look at it. So we don't want to get stuck in a thought trap of expecting life to be a certain way. So I want you to notice if any of these came up for you and recognize that thinking traps are important for us to see because what we want to do is acknowledge them, have awareness of them, and challenge their validity. This can help us have a more balanced and rational thinking pattern in our daily life. This, of course, takes us to having more emotional well-being, better decision-making. We feel grounded, on keel, 
we are balanced and we can handle then what life throws at us. Keeping out of these thinking traps helps us stay focused and calm, which keeps us out of the anxiety wormhole. I hope this has been helpful for you. And I hope that if you enjoy the show and that it has been helpful on your journey, that you will share it with someone you know can benefit from it. And now for today's quote. We cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. And that's from Albert Einstein. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at theanxietycoachespodcast.com.